This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can tune us in on 96.7 FM. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, in studio with me this morning, my co-host, Naz Marchese. How are you doing this morning, Naz? Great, Wally. How about you? Good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. The, uh, the Austin Matthews era. In Toronto, in the blue and white, has begun. Certainly, I was uh, I was watching the draft out in uh, in uh, Cape Breton Island on Friday night. And you, uh, one one thing is, you'd be amazed at the amount of Toronto Maple Leaf fans, and uh, they're all over, I guess. And Cape, they're all over the place. And uh, the gentleman I was traveling with is uh, lives and dies and breathes the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I've never seen him so excited. In my life, he's a 56-year-old man who was acting like an 8-year-old kid Friday night, all decked <laughs> out in his blue and white. And uh, certainly an exciting event uh, for the Toronto Maple Leaf and Toronto Maple Leaf fans and uh, exciting. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've at times been critical of uh, MLSE and Maple Leafs management, but... Uh, you know what, uh, Brendan Shanahan, Lou Lamarillo, Mark Hunter, Kyle Dubas, and the rest of the crew, uh, you guys uh, have been winning the PR battle. You came in, you said there was going to be a plan, it was the Shanna plan, and uh, they certainly, uh, when you see where the Leafs are today to where they were two years ago, you know what, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but so far so good. You certainly, you know, we're not, uh, you know, we can be critical, but we can be complimentary too. And uh, at this at this particular moment in time, you know, I think senior Toronto Maple Leaf management deserves a certain pat on the back for, yeah. for, for implementing a plan, sticking to it, building draft choices, you know, stockpiling picks, and, uh, you know, and I'll, and I'll turn it over to you, Naz, uh, you know, just look at, uh, you know, down the center, we've got uh, franchise player, we've got Marner, we've got Nylander, we've got some good young players. Your yeah, thoughts, Ness? Uh, one guy we you did forget to mention was Mike Babcock. Of course, yeah. It's a big, the main, the huge omission on my part. The but. main part. But uh, yeah, it looks it looks good. They're upgrading their their areas, and they and they got their goalie now. They're set in net, and you know. The people got to understand this, right? They think, oh, the Leafs are going to finish 29th next year. They don't get a goalie like Anderson. If they're going to finish 29th. They're going. They're this. This team is accelerated now because of Matthews getting Matthews. They're they're going after Stamkos. We know that they're going after Stamkos. Buffalo and Detroit are the other teams that are going to be involved. If you hear Montreal and Vancouver, they're not part of this. It's going to be Toronto, Buffalo, and Detroit. They're part of the Stamkos 
group that's going to go after them. After I want to go back to Stamkos. Um, and just, I just take the opportunity now to introduce uh, two special guests we're going to have on the show. It's the Battle of the Michaels today. Not a battle, but uh, two guests named Michael today uh, right after the first break. Senior writer for Post Media, senior hockey writer for Post Media News, Michael Trakos. If you uh, read the Toronto Sun, the National Post, he, he is, in my opinion, Canada's best hockey writer right now. Certainly, he uh, publishes some great material. We'll be talking to him uh, right after the break. In the middle of the hour, and certainly another big event this week was the, was the Toronto Argos, and uh, we, we really want to talk about that. And uh, we're pleased to announce that we're going to have with us in the middle of the hour Michael Copeland, the president and CEO of the Argos. So really a power-packed Michael show today, uh, Naz. Uh, going back to Stamkos, I mean, we're down to the short strokes now. It's it's uh, July 1st uh, is when when these guys can get signed, and we're, uh, we've got a few five days left. Um, Stamkos uh, has been seen in the Toronto area, and like you said, I couldn't agree with you more, Naz. It's going to be Toronto, Buffalo, or Detroit. My instinct tells me, uh, I mean, we, we all know that Datsuk's uh, contract uh, got traded to... Uh, Seven and a half million to Arizona. They, they took it off the books, and yep. Ken Holland, uh, you know, he's got an owner over there that likes spending money. They don't... They're not. They're, they're not a Detroit Red Wings are not a low budget team, so certainly I'm thinking Ken Holland wants to redeploy that seven million dollars, and the number one target appears to be Steven Stamkos, uh, uh, the owner of the Buffalo Sabers, the Pagulas. They've got a lot of dough, and uh, MLSC's got a lot of dough. Here's the difference: Toronto has at the top. They have Lou Lamarillo, Mike Babcock. Is the man, general manager and the coach. The Buffalo Sabres have Tim Murray. If you're a player and you want to choose between the two teams and you see the structure of the Toronto Maple Leafs and you see the structure of the Buffalo Sabres, you're going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Steven Stamkos is going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, it's interesting what will factor into Steve Stamkos' decision and whether it's just about – I mean, I, I guess we're all assuming he's not going back to Tampa. Well, certainly at eight – I can't see him – what's been reported is $8.5 million over seven or seven years, I think, is the max now. Um, but I think money is an issue, but it's not the biggest issue here. Just Okay. But he's not that. going back to Tampa for no. eight and a half. No. Okay, so – you know, I, I got to think Buffalo, Toronto, Detroit are going to throw 10, 10 and a half, 11 over, over max, over max dollars. Um, um, so then got to feel that they're going to be roughly comparable in terms of money, you know, within $500,000 a year of each other. No, Buffalo so. will be there for the money with right. the money. Yeah. That's for sure. So the other aspect to consider, and I saw it reported this week, uh, there was some reference, I think, on, on somebody's Twitter account this week that um, that there could be up to three and a half to four to five million dollars a year in marketing opportunities for Stamkos uh, that I think exists in the Toronto only, area. Only. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some marketing opportunities in Buffalo, but cannot be and with all due respect to our to our buffalo and western new york listeners there can't be the same level of marketing opportunities in buffalo that he's going to get in toronto so if you're looking at a total compensation 
I, I got to think that Stamkos, money-wise, Toronto's the place to go. And then if I look at, at Toronto and Detroit in terms of their hockey product, Toronto seems to be, you know, you've got some great young talent coming, coming, coming up through the Toronto ranks. Um, you know, just look at even if Stamkos signs in Toronto, and Naz, you can run it down for us. Look at what look at the product that we're going to have down center ice. Yeah, I mean, look, look, look at the talent, and look at some of the other guys who can play center. Some of the other young talent, Neilander, but the, Neilander and uh, Marner are scheduled to, to go on the wings. There, they'll be on the wings with the Leafs. So they won't be up the middle. And so we've got Kadri, Bozak. Kadri. Any of those leaving town? Any of those guys leaving town? In your well, estimation. We, we, Talked about it off the show, you know. Like if Kadri ends up, if Stamkos comes and Kadri ends up being the third center, it's not as, you know. I didn't think that they, he would be able to play third line, but in th- in this situation, you take a look at a guy like Phil, Phil Kessel got thrown on the third line, right, with uh, Bonino and uh, Haglund, and he did very well. At it. And Kessel's not a third line player, and I don't think Kadri is either. But it could fit. It could work, you know, if he handles the defensive side of it. He plays power play time where he's got great hands. So he could work. I mean, uh, he, his line playing against a team's other third line might work. I mean, you know, Kadri has been much maligned in Toronto uh, by some people. Um, and, you know, I don't think there's any question he's, in his early earlier part of his career showed – I guess to use a fair word, uh, and he'd probably agree with us because when we interviewed him, we interviewed him last year. I mean, he was probably a little immature when he started. Uh, and, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's a 20-year-old. A lot of 20-year-olds are, I don't like to use the word, you know, immature, whatever, but they need time to grow, right, and grow as individuals, as human beings, as professional athletes. It took him some 20, time. He's 25 right? now. Though. Now he's like – no question Mike Babcock had a tremendous positive influence on Kadri last year. And we noticed it when we talked to him. We noticed it in his play. Babcock was constantly, uh, you know, uh, patting him on the back, you know, and, and he became a more responsible hockey player. And, you know, I, I think Kadri, uh, he certainly has a high skill level, probably more so than a third-line center yeah, should have. That's what I'm saying. He's, uh, he's not a th- he's But more he of a... can. He can. Um, he can. He's scrappy. He's got sandpaper to him. He can play well in his own zone if he chooses to. And I think under Mike Babcock, he can be a dynamite uh, third center if that's where his career path takes him, and if that's where the Leafs want to slot him. Uh, his, his salary, based on his salary, uh, looks he's like not overpaid. He's, he's not overpaid. He, he wouldn't be overpaid as a as a third line center, right on the edge, but uh, uh, he could fill in some minutes. Uh, you know, in, in some of their areas of the game. So uh, we're, we're going to go to break. We're going to be talking to uh, Michael Trakos, uh, senior hockey writer for Post Media News. But uh, certainly some bright lights on the Toronto Maple Leafs horizon. And uh, certainly it's nice to be able to talk about the blue and white. In a positive manner. In a manner. positive manner. And we've got some brand new spanking new uniforms. So that's fantastic too. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. 
There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto and your signal isn't very good, uh, please uh, switch over to 96.7. We're also on 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour, Michael Trakos. Michael, of course, is the senior hockey writer for Post Media News. Good morning, Michael. Hey, how are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thanks so much. I know that uh, you've certainly had a busy uh, busy time in the recent past. You've been, you've been back and forth and all over the world, and uh, this has been a busy week for you as well. Started off in Vegas, ended up in Buffalo, Certainly an interesting week in the NHL, and uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll start off the conversation with what uh, what Toronto Maple Leaf fans are uh, all excited about is the uh, the start of the Austin Matthews era in the blue and white. Certainly, Toronto Maple Leaf fans are excited about this. Uh, you were down in Buffalo uh, at the draft. 
your impressions of this uh, young man, Austin Matthews? Yeah, um, I've had a chance to see Austin on a number of occasions now. Um, covered him in Helsinki at the World Juniors, uh, and then over in Russia at the World Championships. And uh, I kind of talked to everyone I've, that's kind of worked with him, from uh, Donnie Granado uh, to Daryl Belfry, um, who's a skills coach actually for the Leafs as well. And it's really hard to find a negative or even kind of a, even like a, a questionable criticism of his game, character, or um, the type of person he is. And this is just, this is going to be going down as one of the best picks, I think, or most important picks that the Leafs have made in franchise history. Um, I think years from now, and I, I know we're kind of maybe already putting a little too much on this kid's plate, but we're going to be talking to him about him in the same breath that we talk about guys like Wendell Clark, Matt Sundin, Doug Gilmore. Um, he's going to be hugely important for this franchise. And um, it's just, this is a watershed moment for the franchise. And it's funny, like I was, had a kind of a national scope when I went down to the draft this week and just kind of looking at what all the Canadian teams did. And I think you'd almost say that about all the Canadian teams, just because of how high they were drafting and, where they are as franchises right now and in terms of the state of rebuild. And obviously Toronto is trying to take that next step. And there's still probably another season before they can actually legitimately um, become that playoff team and maybe start competing for a Stanley Cup, maybe a couple of years maybe from that. But getting a guy like Austin Matthews definitely speeds things up, makes things more tangible. And now it's just a matter of, letting these guys kind of grow, mature, and develop. Michael, um, Steven Stamkos, P.K. Zuban, <laughs> uh, two uh, big names there. My what's part- going what's gonna to happen with those guys? Uh, I have a feeling Stamkos is coming here. I don't. Uh, every, the cards are being laid where I think he's coming here, things I'm hearing and stuff, but I think he's coming here. What's happened with P.K.? No, it's kind of funny because it almost reminds me exactly of what happened with Mike Babcock yeah. a year ago, where I was so convinced that why would Mike Babcock want to come to Toronto, and why would Toronto, well, not that they would want him, but how could they offer something that would make sense for um, a guy like Babcock a year ago? And it just didn't make sense to me. And obviously he came, and I almost get the same feeling when I'm thinking about Steven Stamkos in the sense that, okay, for Toronto – to invest that much money when you've got to have when you're going to have to sign and you, in the salary cap world you have to start thinking not just of next year but really like five years in advance and they're going to have to sign guys like Nylander, Marner, uh, Matthews, whoever they draft next year, yeah. and to tie that much money up into Steven Stamkos, I don't know if that is the right move, and yet at the same time I see it happening in the sense that. If you're going to have a number one stud center and a guy that you hope can grow into that kind of captain role, well, who better to learn from than a guy like Steven Stamkos, who I am a huge fan of uh, on the ice, but even more importantly off the ice. I think this guy just does everything right. Uh, I've gotten to know him over the years from covering him when he was in Sarnia um, and just spending some time with him at the draft and um, even just uh, in the summertime as well. And, this guy does everything right. So if you want a guy, uh, and you're going to have a lot of young guys in the lineup, and you want to have that kind of 
quote-unquote um, mentor who can also just light it up and score 50 goals a year. Well, he's a perfect fit, but got to make sense, dollars and cents. And I don't know if Steven Santos is willing to take a hometown discount to make it happen. Now we're talking to Michael Trakos, uh, senior hockey writer for Post Media News. Right on that, uh, on your last comment there, Michael. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comment, and I'd like you to react to it. Um, I, I think the Steve Stamkos thing comes down to the following, and it's it's the question of money. Of course, is always important, and it's always at the top of the agenda. But you can make Steve Stamkos can make money in Toronto that he can't make anywhere else. Uh, just from a corporate marketing perspective, and the number is bandied about in terms of what his value is from that perspective, it's anywhere from 3 to $5 million a year. So money-wise, he isn't going to lose any money in Toronto. Uh, but I think it comes down to this, and you know Stephen Stamkos obviously better than we do, um, is he grew up in Toronto. I don't know if he was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan at all, but psychologically and mentally does being the guy in the hockey capital of the universe, as we like to call ourselves here, is that something that is attractive or appealing to him just as much as money is? Yeah, and that's a, that definitely is a factor, but then we've seen it kind of work out the wrong way with guys like David Clarkson, right? And I, I, I know There's a big difference between David Clarkson <laughs> and Steven Sanford. Yeah, but you know what? A dream can turn into a nightmare real yeah, soon. True. and and if Mike Babcock doesn't think Steven Stamkos is a center and he wants to put him on the wing, well, that can be a nightmare scenario for Steven Stamkos because um, I think he still sees himself as a center. So, you know, there's a lot of factors involved. And if he wants to be close to home and he wants to just kind of be somewhere where friends and family can visit him and see him, well, there's places like Buffalo and Detroit and Montreal even and Ottawa that they're – a quick drive over too. So I don't think it's as easy as saying, well, this kid grew up in Toronto. He grew up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Um, so that takes you to the fact that, okay, well, definitely he wants to sign in Toronto. I think there's a lot of factors involved. And you got to remember, this is a guy who's played in Sarnia, not too close from Toronto, played in Tampa Bay for his entire NHL career. So he's used to being kind of away from the city and, um, not playing in his backyard. So the, the fact that he might play another five to ten years in another city probably doesn't bother him as much as we probably think it does. Let's talk about PK, Michael, because... Uh, <laughs> Why are we talking about PK? Uh, you know <laughs> what? Something I, I get the feeling Montreal Canadiens, right? The Montreal Canadiens do not like PK style. And I'll t- uh, this is just what I see from the outside. You're talking about Bergevin, the coach, the fans. Who no, doesn't Montreal, like his style? No, PK, PK is everywhere. He's at the Raptor game. He's at, uh, he's at the Blue Jays game. He's, he's all over the place. He's everywhere. And I don't think the uh, Montreal Canadiens like that too much. And uh, I, think, I think that's why he's on the move. What do you think, Michael? I disagree. You do? I think, yeah, I do. I, I think that a lot of that's kind of blown out of proportion. I think Montreal had a bad season. And, you know, there might be, whether it's a coach or uh, someone within the organization um, would like PK to kind of tone things down. A yes. Bit. I think they also see the value of, hey, this guy does things on the ice that is very hard to replicate. Um, and if they did trade a, a, a Subban, 
then that very next day they'd be going, okay, how do we replace those minutes, that offense, um, that kind of um, all, all the things he, he brings uh, on the ice. Like, he, top pairing defenseman, number one defenseman, the only way you can get him, and you're not going to get him through a trade, is Eric's free agency is through the draft. And Montreal hopes that they found another top pairing guy in Sergachev. But you heard Jim Benning from the Vancouver Canucks talk, and he said it's been since Luke Bardon was drafted many, many, many years ago that the team has gone. Uh, however, straight drafts without uh, taking the number one, or taking a defenseman in the first round, and he said through that whole time they haven't had a legitimate number one D. And the reason is you have to draft these guys, you have to find them, and they got lucky in getting Subban in the second round, but um, to get them up for what a winger or a center just doesn't. I don't see it making sense. I don't think you get full value for guys who've got that much cap hit um, who you're trying to unload. It's just you rarely see value for value in that regard. Do you think they'll move him? Do I think they'll what, move, move him? him? Yeah, PK. No, I'm, I'm saying everything to say the opposite. I think they'll definitely keep him. Okay. I think they're just going to make it work, and whether it's Tarion takes a bullet for the team uh, and is gone after the season or midway through the season, um, the next guy they bring in as a coach is going to really appreciate Subban, and I think you're going to hear a completely different tune. Uh, Anderson, the goalie, was signed uh, this week or traded for. Um, they've made a big step in, in the right direction, I think. Uh, what happens with Bernier now? Well, you got to wait. He's got that contract still, uh, I think, one more year left, and uh, I think it'd be almost impossible to move uh, him right now just based on how he had been playing and um, what teams probably think of him, and he's probably um, oh, he's obviously at number two on everyone else's team. Um, so uh, I think right now you kind of just ride it unless you can get a, de- a team that's desperate enough and uh, in need of goaltending help where they're willing to take on that contract. But, yeah, this is uh, basically you're just counting the days. Now what happens with Reimer, a uh, very popular player here? He seems like the goalie sweepstakes in the NHL is uh – there's no room anymore. There isn't a team looking for a uh, goalie right now. What happens to James Reimer? Yeah, I think uh, a team like Anaheim would be a perfect landing spot for him. He's got the familiarity with Randy Carlisle. And when you're looking at Anaheim, they've got now just John Gibson. And as good as John Gibson is, he's still young and he's still developing. And I don't think he's in the position to play 60-plus games or even maybe 50-plus games. So um, having a guy like Reimer there who's just, a straight-up great guy in the dressing room um, who can play, um, actually probably plays better uh, as a backup when you just get him spot duty. Uh, I think that'd be a perfect fit. So um, there's a number of teams right now that are looking for that kind of number two guy. Um, St. Louis is another one. Calgary's probably another one. Uh, and he's got a familiarity there with Brian Burke as well. And um, So he'll, he'll find a spot. It's just a matter of, um, he's going to be taking number two money versus starter money. Uh, we've been talking to Michael Trakos, a uh, national hockey writer for Post Media News, and in my estimation, the best hockey writer in Canada right now. Ah, Certainly, you say that to everyone. I know nah. I don't actually, Michael. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't throw. I don't throw around my compliments uh, that easily. And I sincerely, uh, there, there are few hockey writers I look forward to uh, to uh, reading. And you're what you're at the top of my list. You really are, and I mean that sincerely. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, we uh, certainly enjoyed having you this morning. Uh, 
Unfortunately, I only scratched the surface. We've, uh, we've got Michael Copeland coming on shortly, the oh, cool. Argonauts. So we, we, we've got to unfortunately leave this. And I only scratched the surface of what I wanted to talk to you about today. I had Vegas I wanted to talk about. I had Datsuk I wanted to talk about. Uh, some more draft questions, but we've run out of time. So, Michael, we're certainly going to have to get you back on. And someday we'd love for you to come in in studio and uh, do a whole hour with you. So we'll let you go. We'll let you enjoy the rest of the day. And uh, thanks so much for joining us on a Sunday morning. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, as always, for having me on, guys. And enjoy the rest of the day. And uh, check out the National Post Toronto Sun tomorrow because I'm going to have draft grades where I talk to three different scouts in terms of uh, looking at all seven Canadian teams and uh, how they fared in uh, this weekend's uh, draft. We will certainly look forward to that article tomorrow, Michael, and I will certainly read it. Thanks so much. All right. Talk to you guys. Thanks, yeah. Michael. Michael Trakos, uh, senior hockey writer for Post Media News. And uh, running a little bit of behind on time, we've got to go to the break. And as soon as we come back from the break, we will have Michael Copeland, the president and CEO of the Toronto Argonauts. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced the really big pizza deal. It's even bigger than Toronto basketball star Jonas Valanciunas. He wears size 17 shoes, but the really big pizza is 18 inches, topped with pepperoni. Plus, you get 16 wings. And you get the really big pizza deal for just $29.99. Try getting Jonas for that. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 from your cell phone. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. 
After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto, and we're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour this morning the president and CEO of the Toronto Argonauts, Michael Copeland. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic, and we're in studio down at Liberty Village, and when we walk out the front door here, BMO is literally staring at, right at us. And we want you to, uh, first of all, congratulations on uh, on uh, the move over to BMO. It's certainly a, a great facility for a football game. Naz was had the privilege on Thursday night of hosting a whole bunch of people from the Naz and Sports. Yeah, Michael, I don't know about it. We were with the Hamilton Tiger Cat fans there, so you got to... Half the uh, section was Hamilton Tiger Cat fans. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a great night. We're always happy to have uh, Hamilton fans and fans of other teams with us. Uh, I think uh, it was a little bit different from previous years where Hamilton might have dominated the crowd, but uh, they were vocal, but a vocal minority, which is what we like to see at BMO. And I think our fans are ready to take that over and, and show that on Thursday night. Too bad we didn't get the W, though. Yeah, well, that will come in time. Anyways, uh, it's a new era in the Toronto Argonauts, and uh, Naz, uh, Naz and myself, we're, we're old, old, old CFL fans back from the 60s and 70s. In fact, I w- unfortunately, I have to admit this. I wasn't an Argo fan. I was a Rough Rider fan because my, great, my big fan favorite at that time was a gentleman by the name of Whit Tucker. But I, it's a new era for the Toronto Argonauts, and, uh, and certainly we wish you a lot of success uh, give us your thoughts on, uh, on, on, on Thursday night and uh, how successful uh, in, in all the areas that, uh, that you thought Thursday night was. Well, I mean, uh, you know, again, first and foremost, we always want to get the win. So that aside, and I do, I agree with you, that will come. But that aside, uh, it, was, it was a great night. Uh, to be an Argos fan and certainly to be part of the team. And, and I think the vision we had about creating an entirely new fan experience, uh, one that's really focused on you know, bringing people together uh, in fun, new ways and, and, and really sort of bringing back the traditional elements of football culture with a tailgate and, and fan festival pregame, and then really getting back to the integrity of, of what football is all about uh, in stadiums, open air, beautiful sight lines. Um, uh, they, all of the uh, production we did around the game was focused on football and, and, you know, all of the gimmicks that you may see in certain stadiums were stripped away. And, and I think that combined made for a really great night. And I think people got the sense that we're in a different place now. And Argos football is... Uh, um, is, is going to provide something much, much different than, than what they've received in the past. And, and it's going to be a great, great event every game that you come to. So I think we saw that. It was a beautiful night. We had thousands of people uh, in the tailgate and at our new shipyard um, before the game. And, uh, and I think it's an event. And, and the other thing you saw is, you know, we're happy to have uh, guys like you in the fold. And I think our 
core fans are the best in sports. I mean, any any fans that have hung uh, in with the Argos through what they've had to go through the last few years, playing four home games on the road, playing games in Moncton, New Brunswick, um, they they deserve everything they get, and and they're they're so resilient. We're we're happy to have them, and I think BMO is going to be fantastic. Uh, for them, but in addition to that, you saw a lot of younger people in the stands on Thursday night, and uh, and they were having a great time. So it's about building around our core fans with a new generation, and 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 really leaving it open to to those fans to determine what the experience is and what it becomes, and and that's what we're most excited about. I go to uh, Alabama and watch the Crimson Tide every year, and I found Thursday night being at the game. Something similar to a college game, and I, I really enjoyed it. Even though I'm in my fifties myself, I really, really enjoyed it, and and the crowd did too. Was that a plan on your on your behalf? Absolutely, it was. Um, uh, the college game day experience is exactly what we're going after. Um, this this is really uh, uh, born out of my experiences in going to Michigan. So I've. Uh, I've gone to uh, Ann Arbor for the last 20 years and have tailgated and, and big, been a big Wolverines fan. And it, it really is such an incredible experience um, in terms of the, the pregame and the game day and just the, the, the whole tradition of football. You don't feel it uh, quite like you do when you're at those games. And, and I think that's something that we can very successfully bring to Toronto. It's, uh, uh, it's an area in the market that, um, isn't currently occupied by any of the other sports teams. Um, and I think it lends itself particularly to football. And so when you think of the, the traditional cues of the drums and the band and the acrobatic cheerleaders and, and you know, the focus on the, uh, uh, the collegiate A, and, um, uh, you know, it, it cuts across all different ages and uh, demographics and everyone can come together in, in one sort of spirit, uh, one, one community. And, that's really what our fans are telling us and have told us in their research is they want to have an opportunity to come together. They want social experiences, and nothing does that better than the college game day experience. And and I think it was great on Thursday night, and, and, it, and you really did feel it. And, and I agree with you from your Alabama experience and my Michigan experience. It, re, it really felt um, uh, similar, and, and I think what we're going to do is let – let it become, uh, let it take on its own Toronto flavor. So we'll introduce it and let the fans take it to where it's going to go. Anyway, since you guys talked about Alabama and Michigan, I just want to put a plug in for Notre Dame because <laughs> <clears throat> I'm a fighting Irish guy. So um, I just got to get a little Notre Dame plug in. Anyways, Michael, we're talking to Michael Copeland, president and uh, CEO of the Argos. And Michael, you've been with the Argos uh, for a while. You, you, you know, t- taken over the presidency role this year. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how the new ownership is making a big difference in in the team this year. Well, the new ownership with uh, I, I joined in January uh, with the new ownership of uh, Larry Tannenbaum's Kildimer Group and Bell Canada, who uh, you know your listeners may know being two thirds of the ownership group of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. So their track record of being committed and supportive of Toronto sports really speaks for itself. Um, they are passionate about the team. Uh, they're passionate about uh, the vision of bringing the team back to a position of prominence in the city. Uh, they are, you know, incredibly uh, visionary and supportive of of that goal, and they uh, um, they're in it for the long haul. Uh, so, you know, most importantly, they're 
um, they, they're going to make and support great decisions, uh, but they're going to do so with the, the ultimate goal of being returning this franchise to uh, a very, uh, you know, a stable position where we can be incredibly competitive every year. So they've been, uh, they've been great. And I think at the, at the end of it all, they are the most important reason why all of the fans of this team should be confident in its future. So, um, they they, uh, they they care a lot about uh, the, the brand and they care a lot about winning. And I think that's the combination you want in ownership. We certainly have it with uh, with our owners. Uh, Michael, my, sorry, my apologies. What I meant to say, you were previously with uh, working in the CFL office uh, before taking on the responsibility with the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah. A- and um, very, very simply, the Toronto Argonauts, you know, have, have not uh, – have had a checkered pa- – uh, past in the recent times but how important how important are the toronto argonauts to the canadian football league a successful it, toronto argonaut franchise well it's 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 absolutely essential i mean i think um when you have a nine-team league and if you have one team that uh isn't successful amongst that group the focus is always going to be on the weak link so any conversation you have about the league whether it's with media or with fans or with sponsors is going to be it's going to focus on that weakness and uh when that weakness is in the largest market the largest media market the largest commercial market in terms of sponsors um in the uh the country it, it just amplifies it so um having a successful toronto really eliminates that that question it really eliminates that from being a topic of conversation um and what it also does is it exposes the game in its true sense to all of those different uh, decision makers and influencers, which are uh, disproportionately located in Toronto, just because of the size of the population and the fact that a lot of businesses and and uh, head offices are located here. So when we um, uh, bring this back and become a leader within the league, um, which we will do very very quickly, I think you're going to see a lot of the concern about the stability of the league or the focus on the weaknesses go away and go away forever. So that's really the impact that a successful Toronto will have on the CFL. And I think all of the other teams in the league are on a very, very solid footing. And then it's only, uh, it's only how far the league goes. And I think that potential right now is really unlimited. And we look forward to being not only a participant, but a leader in that trajectory. Michael, it was great bringing the alumni back. You brought back uh, Joe Theismann. You brought back Rocket Ismail, Damon Allen. But you know one guy that you brought back, and he looked like he could still play running out there, was Michael Pinball Clements. What an energy-type guy, eh? Uh, Pinball is uh, really one of a kind, an amazing, amazing man, and we're very, very happy to have him part of the fold. Um, He is... uh, uh, his his involvement goes beyond simply uh, sort of supporting us with appearances, like you saw Thursday night. He is he is a part of our uh, administrative group. Um, I speak to Pinball regularly. Um, I he you know he's a very smart guy and he's got a lot of experience with the team and with the city. So um, he he and I talk about ideas on the uh, business side. We talk about ideas on the football side and. Uh, um, uh, I think he's a really integral part of our organization, and, and certainly the spirit he brings is, is incredible in the energy. So uh, uh, the Argonauts wouldn't be the Argonauts without pinball being a part of it, that's for sure. 
Uh, Michael, Michael Copeland, president and CEO of the Toronto Argonauts. Michael, just a couple of a uh, couple of minutes left, and I know we'll let you get on with your day. Uh, just to give our listeners an idea of uh, if they want to go watch an Argo game, uh, what kind of pricing structure you have? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people of my generation, or a little bit older than you are, Michael, but uh, a lot of people of my generation would love to reconnect with the Toronto Argonauts. We have such incredibly fond memories of, of watching CFL in our younger days. And uh, there, there's certainly a, a, an, inner, uh, an inner buzz to reconnect with the Toronto Argonauts and in the, in, in the CFL. Just give our listeners an idea of what, uh, uh, what a typical day uh, at BMO would cost. Well, it's, uh, you know, we've really focused on uh, it being a great fan experience. And, you know, part of that means you have to price your your tickets uh, affordably so you, you get people in the stadium. So that was a priority of ours from the outset. So the in BMO Field, one thing to note is you hear a lot of people saying there's no bad seat in the house, whatever stadium you're talking about. I, that really is the case with BMO. Um, every seat is absolutely fantastic. It's tight to the field. It's a, it's a pure football stadium, unlike uh, Skydome, which was really a baseball configuration with the low sloping stands. This is this is tight to the field. Every seat's great. You can get a a great ticket for under twenty bucks. Um, so it's affordable. If you do want to be in a more premium area, there's prices that go up from there. But uh, certainly, you would not be disappointed with one one of our uh, uh, seats that are under twenty. Um, if uh, you want to take part in the pregame experience. We have tailgating uh, that you can buy a, a, a parking pass that allows you to tailgate. Uh, it's priced. It's only a five dollar uh, cost on top of the, the, the regular cost of parking. Um, so, and then when you're in the tailgate area, you can bring all your own food. Uh, you can barbecue yourself. Uh, the, the setups were absolutely incredible that we've seen in the last two games down there. It's a fun place to be, and um, we will sell you beer but we sell you beer at $4 a beer. So uh, it's, it's an affordable day. Uh, it's a fun day. And certainly uh, um, uh, it's, it's, it's the best sports value you can find in the city. Uh, our next game, uh, July 13th against Ottawa, I think it's just going to be a spectacular one. I mean, Ottawa with that, that win that they got last night are an exciting young team. Um, and I think uh, that's one that, that – Everybody out there should focus on coming to because we're on to something good here. We uh, we had a a great crowd out on Thursday night, and uh, the energy that that the Argos are bringing um, is just spectacular. So I think anyone that wants to rekindle the association with the team, there's no better time to do it now, and we would love to have you back. Listen, Michael uh, Michael Copeland, president and CEO of the Argos. We really appreciate uh, you coming on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour uh, and helping us rekindle our interest in the Toronto Argonauts. I know Naz had a great time at the game on Thursday night. And, yeah, I did. It was a great, great night, Michael. And uh, I'm going to interview Naz here for a couple of minutes about his experience at the game uh, Thursday night. We wish you all the best, and uh, I certainly we'll make every effort to be at the uh, July 13th game and hopefully some uh, more games the rest of the fall. Culminating in the hundred in the Grey Cup in Toronto this year. Uh, just a couple of quick thoughts on the Grey Cup, Michael. Yeah, and I mean that's an important point. So, you know, season ticket holders uh, get the first crack at uh, Grey Cup seats, and we're going to be coming out very shortly with uh, uh, Grey Cup ticket sales, and and they will be exclusively available to season ticket holders. So anybody wanting to guarantee a ticket um, should consider becoming an Argo season ticket holder because the, you might get. Uh, 
you might not have the opportunity to buy otherwise. Uh, but we do host the game on November 27th at BMO Field, and uh, all of the energy and excitement you saw poured into Thursday night into every other Argos regular season game is just going to be even uh, amplified further for the Great Cup game. So we're really excited to have it back at BMO. Um, it's You're going to see all the traditional things that you're used to seeing in a Great Cup, but we're going to do it uh, uh, at a level that people in Toronto should expect, which means even over and above what you would normally see. So it's going to be an incredible weekend, an incredible game, and, and I fully hope and expect that we're going to be in it and win it. So uh, everybody should want to be there for that one. Michael Copeland. Listen, uh, Michael, thanks so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. We wish the Toronto Argonauts uh, the best of success this year, and uh, hopefully we can talk again to you real soon. Thanks again. Anytime. Thanks. thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Michael Copeland. Uh, Naz, you're at the game Thursday night. Yeah, it was a great event. You're, you're, he, he's exactly right. And, the, and and I did notice a college atmosphere type situation on Thursday night, and it was it was terrific. I had a great time. The Argos didn't play very well. They, they Hamilton absolutely destroyed them. But you know things will get better with the team, I'm sure. And it's a great place to go watch a game. Yeah, certainly. Field. Uh, we'd love to take your calls if you're CFL fans uh, from today or from the old days or anything else you want to talk about sports, Austin Matthews, Toronto Maple Leafs, Euro, anything that's on your mind, by all means, give us a call. The numbers are 416-360-0740, We'd love to take your calls. Once again, 416 416- Three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Our producer Sebastian, I believe we have someone on on the call. Tony from Hamilton. Tony, are you with us this morning? Uh, uh, sound and body. It's uh, Sunday from a Saturday night. I survived a Saturday night, so yes, I'm with you. <laughs> to- to- or is it? To- I'm sorry, you're from Lindsay, Ontario. Yeah, Lindsay, and uh, I'm up here at the cottage for the summer, so and I want to thank you for the tickets. Uh, and uh, 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 Naz, you're a great host. Thanks, Tony. And you should own up your own hosting company. You should keep it host. I got uh, I, and the game atmosphere was fantastic. Tell us, Tony, what was what was your? Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience. You're obviously at the game Thursday night. Uh, are you are you a big CFL fan from the old days? You know, uh, let me tell you something. I, I was in territorial uh, the protection from Toronto back in '78, uh, and Jim Copeland. I don't know if he's related to you, the Copeland you just had on the radio. Yeah. I was a Canadian scout with Volpe. Nick, uh, was Volpe who's still with the team, and um, and what I saw last night. Uh, that last last game I was at reminded me a lot of good old CNE Stadium uh, back in the days when uh, um, the players seemed closer to you and you seemed closer to the players. And uh, they're going in the right direction by doing what they did. I'll tell you right now because the Sky Dome, I went to one game at Sky Dome. That's it. And I'm going to be getting season tickets uh, uh, next week. I'm going. I uh, just made the, all the contacts to sign up for season tickets for the Argo games because it was such a fun time. Anyways, Tony, listen, thanks so much for the call. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Tony. Nice meeting uh, you. Thanks for uh, keeping an eye on Naz for me Thursday night. I appreciate (laughs) it. And he was, uh, he he, he behaved okay. All right. Thanks again, Tony. Appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you. Uh, Naz, uh, you made a good impression Thursday night. Uh, But obviously, uh, some people had some fun. And um, uh, where were you sitting? 
We were sitting right at the goal line, but you know, it was the seats are perfect. Like you can see from anywhere, you can see from anywhere in the stadium, and it's the atmosphere is so different from the Sky Dome, so so different. They've got a real shot at making it here, Wally. They really do. Well, we certainly look forward to that. Uh, I, I, you know, BMO is uh, what they've done with that facility is tremendous. So we we certainly wish them the best of success. Anyways, we have Kevin from Buffalo. Kevin, good morning. Haven't heard from you in a while. How are you this morning? Gentlemen, good morning. And my very best to the both of you and outstanding shows. And just wanted to make a quick comment. The Blue Jays game Saturday in Chicago Quite interesting, though. The White Sox hit seven home runs in one game, and the Blue Jays came out and won on a great game, Mr. Dickey pitching, and also wanted to mention quite an interesting week with the draft, naturally hockey, but very quietly the Toronto Raptors, the NBA draft on Thursday, and very interesting draft for basketball, and just a very exciting time of the week. And isn't it amazing, gentlemen, here in the, quote, the lazy days of summer with all this excitement with the drafts and all the new players and just the best to the both of you and to have a great week. Thanks so much, Thanks, Kevin. Kevin. Uh, any, uh, any reaction, Ness? Well, the Raptors seem to have drafted for now, drafting a center, so they're going to back up Valanchunas with the kid they got in ninth overall. Um, Kevin's right. A lot of, a lot of things happening in 90-degree weather, and, and it's uh, basketball and hockey we're talking about. Going to take another quick call, another quick call. Anthony from North York. How are you this morning, Anthony? Okay, yeah, I'm uh, pretty good. I was at the game Thursday, too, and it was a really good atmosphere. And... Uh, Naz, uh, like uh, he was, uh, he behaved uh, not 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 very good, but very 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 good. I'm proud of you, Naz. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, uh, Anthony. Are you a CFL fan from the old days? Yeah, like uh, I generally like you name me any sport, and I kind of like it. Eh? So I, I I like the CFL a lot too. Yeah, but I noticed that even when I went to watch some of the games at the Sky Dome, I didn't find it terribly like bad at the sky dome i mean i mean it's a yeah. bigger atmosphere too at the sky dome like you can see more people so what happens when they have the the great cup uh, in november i mean they're gonna have a sellout for sure the well they'll, yeah they'll have a sellout and i understand they that can they, add up to they, uh, thirteen thousand seats. yeah they're actually. gonna add, they can add up to thirteen thousand seats anyways anthony we were running out of time we're gonna have to let you go and uh, appreciate um uh, appreciate joining uh naz and the crew on thursday night and uh thanks so much for your call uh, Nash, you left a, you left an impression on people. That was uh, well behaved, I guess. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, nice, nice listen. Uh, your uh, BMO is obviously um, the central part, and one of the central parts of uh, of the of the Toronto Argonaut strategy, as it should be, and uh, um, as a as a football facility. Now, as you say, it it, it compares back to. Exhibition, exhibition Stadium. stadium. I like actually they uh, have that great. You know, remember the yeah. grandstand and it, it went over the field. It's yeah. the same. It, it's newer, but it's the same concept, and it's really good. Really, really good. The atmosphere at BMO is tremendous. They're, they're going to make it. I really believe that. Well, we certainly, uh, you know, we're uh, certainly going to keep an eye on the Argos. We hopefully, uh, I mean, it wasn't a great uh, football game uh, from the Argo point of view. I mean. Uh, 
you didn't. Uh, they obviously didn't play very well that night. Uh, your comments on the, on the Argos me, as a football team? Let me make a comment about the Tiger Cat fans because yeah. there's some Hamilton people there. They are so into their team, they booed the Argo cheerleaders, Wally. They booed <laughs> well, okay, the Argo even, cheerleaders. You know, all, to all our... To all How our, can you to boo our, the Argo to cheerleaders? All, to all our Ticat uh, listeners, uh, we're going to get even with you this year. Don't worry. The Toronto Argonauts <laughs> are going to turn it around. Labor Day, we're going to kick We're going to kick Hamilton's ass. Anyways, uh, we've run out of time for this week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We really thank our listeners for listening in, and uh, we wish everyone a fantastic week, and we'll be back here again next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.